Captain Kids Corner podcast is sponsored by Simon's Uniforms. Your first and last stop for professional uniforms. Check them out online at simonsuniforms.com. What makes a person give back to their community without asking, what's in it for me? In today's world, we are always reminded of the greed, the smothered selfishness and ignorance of humankind. The common attitude of today's society is, how will this benefit me? Since 1986, Roger Baker, founder and president of Rehab 5 based out of Peabody, Massachusetts, has never asked that question, what's in it for me? In fact, it's never entered his mind. The man you are about to meet may be small in nature, but is a giant in the firefighting community across the state of Massachusetts. For the past 36 years, Roger Baker has devoted his entire life to help first responders across the southern Essex community of Massachusetts. This area is called Fire District 5. Please welcome to Episode 2, Season 1, one of the most selfless human beings on Earth, Mr. Roger Baker. So thanks uh, for coming over. Yeah, thank you, Roger. Thanks for coming on to Captain Kid's Corner. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen you and looking forward to this interview. Uh, we're going to get right into it. So, uh, Roger, uh, why the fire service? Why did you create Rehab 5 in 1986? Bring me back to 1986. Yeah. Well, you know, in 1986, there was a big change in the fire service. Firefighters today were, um, you know, a what they called the bunker gear, which is a a completely encapsulating um, ensemble. But before then, firefighters wore what they just would call turnout gear, which didn't have uh, bunker pants. Bunker pants weren't worn by anyone. They were rubber boots that allowed heat to escape through the uh, the bottom part of the body, and the, the jackets weren't as um, insulated. No one was wearing Nomex hoods around their skull. They so just to, not to interrupt you, but yeah. just to tell the, the listeners that basically they had boots that kind of went up to their thighs yeah. and had their... Regular pants underneath yes, it. Yes, regular jeans on. Yeah. yeah. So so you would a lot of times you would just see firefighters working, you know, major fires, but they didn't wear protective pants like they do now. They had them. They were called night hitches. And firefighters sometimes wore them at night. Most of the times they didn't. The only times that... Everyone wore them was when they were shoveling fire hydrants. Right, right, right. Um, but but this change to this new gear, which protected everybody, encapsulated everyone to a point where all of a sudden they started realizing, hey, wait, the core body temperature is now rising. There's nowhere for that heat to go. It can't be dissipated the way it used to be, you know, um, out the bottom of the jacket or through the head. You know, now we're wearing, a, um, you're wearing the, uh, the Nomex hood around your skull, you know, the helmet that's more insulated on top of that, a jacket that goes down below your waist, pair of pants that come up above your waist. Right. Um, so there's no way. And so all of a sudden people were realizing, well, this new protective gear is great to protect us, but it's creating this hazard this called heat, heat stress. Yeah. And that's when about the same time we started arriving on the scene trying to think about what we could do so you're actually looking at it as a scientist, pretty yeah, so, much, yeah, right? Yeah, so we're looking, you know, there's something has to be done here. So we started um, turning what we thought was going to be a canteen service, serving bug juice or something, to, okay. to, uh, to thinking, wait, we should really be addressing this issue 
by itself. So you're not only looking for dehydration when firefighters come out of buildings, but you're also looking at like kind of the science part of it where you're trying to keep them hydrated. Keep them hydrated from the beginning. Without just handing them, hey, here's a bottle of water. Right, right. You know, we're, we are looking for the signs and symptoms of, of heat stress and try to keep people hydrated right from the beginning. You know, when they're changing the bottle, we try to be there right with a, with a bottle so that they can drink it right there while they're getting their air bottle to change. Yeah. And we've learned certain things that make it easy. You know, we already have the bottle top unscrewed because the fireman's got gloves on. Sure. He doesn't, he can't undo that with his gloves on and he's kneeling sure. over trying to get the new air bottle in. So we hand it to him and the bottle's already open and right. they know what to do with it. So I speak for a lot of firefighters around the North Shore specifically, but you're a godsend. I mean, uh, we're inside a house fire or, or outside doing uh, woods fires or whatever. You're always there for us. Well, um, it's amazing to think about, but since 1986, I have been at every second alarm fire in District 5, which is 21 communities. So I'm so, glad you mentioned that because that's yeah. one of my questions. Do yeah. you realize you're probably the only one on the North Shore in the past 36 years yeah. that's been to more house fires than any firefighter combined? Yeah, it's probably true. Yeah, I mean, that's I've, amazing. I mean, I've been to a lot of working fires, most of them, but I've been to every single second alarm fire since 1986. It's just an amazing uh, thing to think about. So just just to get the, the, the listeners... Um, going and trying to think about how much square area you do. Uh, name some towns that you actually cover and how far out have you gone? Sure. So, so our regular service area is Massachusetts Fire District 5. So, um, Massachusetts is broken up into 15 districts for the um, coordinating of mutual aid between towns. And District 5 is basically southern Essex County. It includes the, the Route 128 belt from Wakefield all the way into Rockport. Um, it, it includes uh, Route 114, starting in Marblehead and going all the way into North Andover. Um, Route 1 from Saugus, all the way up to Rowley. And um, I, I guess that's probably a good description there. So all those towns that uh, run through those highways. And of course, the big fires outside of those areas, we've been called to. I mean, we were just in Salisbury, on that nine uh, alarm fire, yeah, the nine alarm fire uh, about so, a month so, ago. So tell myself and the and the and the listeners, like basically, what did you do when you arrived at that nine alarm fire? Like, what do you do when you show up at a fire, yeah. e even if it's a two alarm or a three alarm? What, what is your what's going through your mind when you're hearing us on the radio? Yeah, well, you know, it depends on a lot of things. Um, you know, certainly the weather has a factor. If it's hot and humid and the heat stress index is high, um, you know, we want to make sure we get, you know, our liquid out as fast as you know, on scene so that people don't start to dehydrate quickly. If it's colder, we want to be thinking about bringing, you know, um, vehicles that we can get people into to get them out of the weather, the thaw, either the firefighters or uh, victims of the of a house fire. Um, you know, we have a lot of equipment that we bring. We have uh, misting fans um, that that we can set up in tents and chairs, and uh, we work in close coordination with the private ambulance companies. Excellent. And then at very large fires, um, we have a mobile kitchen that can you know, actually you know uh, produce full hot meals um, continuously for hours and hours. And we have you know um, frozen supply back at our base because you know at two o'clock in the morning when we need to find 300 hamburgers. 
the uh, supermarket isn't open. So just to get, describe the listeners here, uh, we're sitting in here a garage, probably a four-car garage, and uh, we have three big ambulance rescue trucks that have been you purchased over the years. And from what I'm looking around, you have stock of everything, water, food. Uh, where does all this come from? Does, do you, do you, are you, you paying for this on your own, or, or does people donate to your cause? Well, we get a lot of donations. Um, all the vehicles that you see here were actually donated, right? The ambulance that we're sitting in now is um, donated from North Andover. Um, the, the, our main bus that we use is, was donated by Cataldo Ambulance Service. We got an, a, our food kitchen truck, which is an old rescue squad, was given to us by the technical rescue team um, when it was retired. So we get a lot of donations, firefighter union donations. Uh, cities and towns will ask us to send them a bill. But a lot of the times it doesn't add up to what we you know, need to, to operate. And, and I'll have to kick in my own uh, funding. I mean, we pay almost over $20,000 a year just to insure the trucks. That's incredible. So that's not even, you know, moving to a single fire. It cost me twenty grand that's just amazing. to put insurance yeah. on it. So if, it, if we, at the end of the month, we don't have the donations coming in, I, I pay for it. But I look at it as, you know, it's my hobby too, right? Right. Some people well, spend their passion. money on sailboats sure. or golfing. Sure. Um, I'm not into sailing or golfing. Uh, so I don't mind spending my money. Roger, you really are. So if you want to reach out to Roger Baker, you could look up his website at rehab5.org. That's www.rehab5five.org. Or you can reach him at rehab5 at comcast.net. And if you'd like to reach out and help Roger, you can call him at 978-595-2105. That's 978-595-2105. We're going to break shortly for a commercial, Roger, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Captain Kid's Corner. Hey, folks, Captain Kid here. Are you looking to refinance on your current home? Or have you just recently purchased a home? Well, look no further. Call mortgage specialist Adam Finkelstein at Miller Mortgage. For all you veterans out there, Mr. Finkelstein is an expert consultant on VA loans with a zero-down payment plan. Mr. Finkelstein can be reached at 978-304-5103. That's 978-304-5103. Or go down and see him at 515 Lowell Street, Peabody, Massachusetts, Suite Number 1. Tell Mr. Finkelstein Captain Kidd sent you. Hey folks, are you craving for a great taste of ice cream? Go down and see Tom Gould at Treadwell's Ice Cream. Treadwell's is located at 46 Margin Street, PBD, Massachusetts, 01960. Treadwell's offers over 65 different flavors of ice cream. They also serve sugar-free ice cream, frozen yogurt, sherbet, fraps, milkshakes, you name it, Treadwell's has it. Tom and his scooping pros will come to that special event you are hosting. The scooping pros will show up with their famous Sunday bar. You can reach Treadwells at 978-531-7010. That's 978-531-7010. Treadwells is an absolute gold mine. All right, all right. Welcome back. Season 1, Episode 2 of Captain Kid's Corner. We're speaking here with the legend Roger Baker. So, Roger, um, after that commercial, uh, I just I know we're going to be backtracking here. But, um, you know, really, how did you start back in 1986 in specifically with the love and the passion of firefighting? 
Well, it was uh, before 1980, before 1986, that I really started having this type of a passion, I think, for, for doing what I was doing. When I was a young kid, um, I hung around our local fire station in Swampscott, and I was on a bicycle. And they used to send me on my bicycle to do errands for them all the time. Uh, one errand I used to have to do was go down to the drugstore and buy one of these guys cigarettes. And he would give me a handwritten note to the, for the pharmacist. That's old school. Uh, yeah, it's really old school. But one of the other things that they used to do is they would send me to the ice cream shop to get ice cream sundaes for everybody. And I had a bicycle that had uh, the newspaper racks. Oh, yeah, the yeah, newspaper sure. baskets yeah. on the back. Sure, you could yeah. put six sundaes in it. So I would take the Sunday order and I would go down to the ice cream store and get Sundays for everybody and bring them back and of course they gave us a fire department discount the cops were always in there getting the ice cream for free but they charged the fire department half price right um so so after <laughs> nothing's you know, changed yeah right? so anyway, if I'd be you know hanging around the fire station with the ice creams or whatnot they'd go out on a call and then I would think oh maybe I'll bring them something to drink at this call that they're on, you know, they'd be at a, a brush fire or something. I'd ride my bike down with. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah. So interesting. And, yeah. So and then I had a girlfriend who bought an old ambulance as a daily driver, and you know, we, I think we were both seventeen or something. Excellent. And the guy helping us rewire this old ambulance had come from Red Cross, where they used to do canteen stuff, and he said, "Oh, geez, this truck would make a good canteen." And we kind of turned it into that, and that canteen turned into turned into rehab, and uh, and we kind of went from there. The rest is history. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. So by so when you were 17 years old, you kind of it kind of clicked just from yeah. meeting that one firefighter, started yeah, making errands, and yeah, then yeah, it kind of clicked. Errands. I was I was much younger than six, you know on the bicycle. Yeah. And then a few years later, we bought that Fantastic ambulance, group. and it was crazy. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. So back then, I mean, you, you didn't really know that you'd be doing this full-time as a full-time job uh, back then, and it's kind of blossomed. Yeah, you know, and back then there was a little bit of resistance, too, to people stopping and taking a drink of water on the fire ground. And you have to remember there was a different mindset in the late 80s. People, you know, thought it might look weak. To, to grab a bottle of water. Just grab a cigarette. Um, yeah, you know, they, yeah, so yeah. people were smoking still, too. Yeah. Um, but um, there was there, there was hesitancy at the first couple of years. Not everybody was really into staying hydrated. Um, the fire academy kind of adopted a, you know, a, a drinking, you know, policy with giving out bottled water and whatnot. So as the guys were coming in from the academy, there was more acceptance of it. Excellent, yeah. Um, and now, you know, we're 30-something years into it. Everybody, everyone who's a firefighter now has always seen rehab, of, you know, their entire career right, at this right. point. So a, a, lot of, a lot of listeners uh, probably don't know this about you, but you have a, a strong education on hydration science and all that. Uh, can you, you want to get into that part well, of it, how you actually took that education and yeah, well, brought I mean, it into yeah. instead of just hydrating firefighters uh well it's true you know. that you know i i did take my emp classes right and um i have a degree in um biology and chemistry from salem state college and from um fire science degree from the north shore community college 
So which I, some firefighters don't even have that. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I have um, the two degrees. Um, actually, when I went to Salem State, I did a double major in chemistry. Incredible. And uh, biology. So I did medical biology. And by the time you take all the extra classes for the medical side of biology, you just need to take a handful of extra classes on the chemistry side. Sure. To get the chemistry degree also. So sure. I figured yeah. what the hell. So you're not just that average guy that just shows up in an old rescue truck. And yeah. I mean, you got some education I, I, yeah, background I, I, behind you. Yeah, I know. I bet I a know. lot of Jakes don't know that. Yeah, I know a few things. Yes, you do. Yes, and you know about giving back to people, too. Yeah. You're very selfless. So, um, Roger, I just wanted to get back. Before we had that break, uh, we were talking about you looking for, um, you know, you're always looking for help and contributions. But uh, tell me about the retired firefighters that have been helping you out strongly. Uh, you're always looking for that experience where these guys have been in situations, emergency yeah. situations, driving emergency vehicles, EMTs. Uh, you want to just elaborate on that a little bit? Well, yeah, you know, you know, obviously I can't do everything myself, so we use a, a core of volunteers. And the best volunteers that we have are the ones that come directly out of the fire service that were um, retired firefighters themselves, and they kind of miss the action. Sure. And this is a way to kind of keep them involved and keep seeing the faces that they always saw. So you're actually doing therapy for retirees, yeah, I, too. I guess yeah. so, in a, in a way. Yeah, so I have a, you know, um, a handful of them. I have a handful of guys that whose regular job is that they are regular firefighters on some call departments. Others that are uh, work as paramedics or EMTs for ambulance companies. But uh, you know, th those are the kind of people that we draw from as volunteers. Never be written with, as rehab and then the number five. Okay, that's good. Excellent. <laughs> So uh, I speak for not only myself as a firefighter, but I speak for uh, uh, thousands of firefighters. And thank you for what you do for us. And uh, it's a very selfless act. And uh, I hope people listen to this podcast and uh, can reach out to you and really help you monetary-wise. And you're a godsend. Is there anything else you want to add? No, just for thank you for those kind words and stay safe. Uh, you too, Roger. Thank you very much for your time. Do you miss being a first responder? Is retirement slowing you down? Get off the couch and call Roger Baker at Rehab 5. He's always looking for a retired first responder to help out his great cause. You can reach Roger Baker at 978-595-2105. That's 978-595-2105. Tell him Captain Kidd sent you. Captain Kidd's Corner Podcast expresses its own views and opinions. This podcast does not represent the city of Peabody, the Peabody Fire Department, or any other entity.